Well, once again, I want to say good morning and welcome to each one of you. And I want to tell you about a little girl named Sally. Well, it was Sally's first day at a new school. She had just been transferred from a Christian school to a public school. And so her teacher, Mrs. Crump, told the class, today we'll be studying zoology. So she said, what's the biggest animal in the sea that you can think of? Well, none of the other kids answered. So Sally put her hand up and Mrs. Crump asked her and she said, I would say a whale. Well, Mrs. Crump looked at her and said, how do you figure? She said, well... Jonah was swallowed by a whale, so he must be the biggest sea creature that we can think of. Well, Mrs. Crump looked at her with disgust. Who told you that Jonah was swallowed by a whale? Sally said, it's in my Bible. I've read it. My Sunday school teacher has taught me it. Mrs. Crump looked at her and said, well, I'm an atheist. I don't believe any of that nonsense, and I don't believe that it's true. It's not humanly possible for a man to be swallowed by a whale. The whale's throat is way too narrow, and so on and so forth. Well, Sally became quiet, and she said, well, I guess we'll just have to wait until we get to heaven to ask Jonah what happened. Well, Mrs. Crump decided to be smart and said, well, what if Jonah didn't go to heaven? Well, Sally said, then you'll have to ask him. (laughs) Well, starting today and for the next three weeks or two weeks, after this, we will be looking at the book of Jonah and looking and doing a series on Jonah. And so if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word and we thank you for the truth that is contained. That, Lord, it goes far beyond just stories, but it is truth and it is how we should live. And so, God, we pray that this morning you would quiet our hearts, that you would focus our minds upon your word, and that, indeed, God, you would speak. And so, Lord, we just look to you and we pray for your Holy Spirit to lead, to guide, and to direct us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The book of Jonah is a short book, and it's comprised of four chapters. And so today we'll be focused on chapter one, and we'll look at it in different parts. And so the first part, we'll read chapter one, verses one to three. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. 
You see, in this book, we see that God directed Jonah to go to Nineveh. He directed Jonah to go and to preach against the wickedness that the people had been doing, to preach against their sin and to call them out and ask them to repent. And so God specifically chose Jonah for this task. But for whatever reason, Jonah decided that he did not want to do this. Jonah decided he was not going to go and to preach to this people who were wicked. He was not going to go and ask them to repent of their sins. And instead, he decided that he was going to board a ship and he was going to sail in the opposite direction as far away as possible. And you see, he was disobedient to what God had asked him to do. And sometimes we may need to do things that we too do not want to do. Sometimes God will ask us or his Holy Spirit will lead us to do something or we know without even God's prompting that we should do something, but we don't necessarily want to do it. However, it's important that we are obedient. It's important that we realize that sometimes we just have to do what needs to be done, even though we may not want to do it. Jonah did not want to go, even though God asked him to go and preach this message of repentance to the people of Nineveh and change their ways, but he decided that he was going to refuse and he was going to go in the opposite direction. For whatever reason, it seemed that Jonah really hated these people. It seemed that he wanted nothing to do with them and he did not want to go and to ask them to change their ways, even for fear that they would change their ways. And so he did not want to go. Now, it's important that you understand Nineveh a little bit. So let me tell you about Nineveh. Nineveh was a large, important city. It was situated on the river of Tigris. It posed a grave military threat toward tiny Israel. Now, God sent Jonah there, but instead of going there, he, got, he caught a boat in Joppa going toward the opposite direction. No, Jonah did not want to go. So we don't know exactly why Jonah did not want to go, but here is what one commentary says. We can't be sure why Jonah hated them so much, but another short Old Testament book, Nahum, gives us a clue. This book also completely dedicated to Nineveh, describes a ruthless, bloodthirsty people. The Assyrians themselves left monuments to their cruelty, long, boastful inscriptions describing their torture and slaughter of people who had opposed them. The Israelites had reasons to hate Nineveh and to fear them, but God loved Nineveh. You see, these people in Nineveh were ruthless people. They were cruel. They were bloodthirsty. They were what you could even consider savages. They would torture people. They would even leave inscriptions of how they went about doing it and carrying out their torture. And so they were so evil, and some of the Israelites and their families even were victims of their torture. And so for whatever reasons, they were hated. 
did. Nobody loved them. Nobody wanted to go close to them. But God loved them. And he wanted them to change. He wanted to give them that opportunity to repent. And so even though Jonah did not want to go, God asked him to go. He knew that he needed to do it, but he did not want to. And you see, sometimes like Jonah, we know that we need to do certain things or we feel that God is leading us to to do certain things. And even though we may not want to do it, sometimes we just need to in order to be obedient. So what am I talking about? Well, some of those ways we may not necessarily want to help, but we should, is to help someone who is in financial need. There are sometimes where we come across people where they're just in such a, a need, and if we are able to help them, we should. Even though we may not want to, or that may put us out a little bit, but we should. Maybe that means giving regularly someone a ride to church. It may mean leaving home earlier, waking up earlier. We may not want to, but we know that we should. We may need to forgive someone who's hurt or disrespected us. We may not necessarily want to forgive them, but we know that we should. We may need to be the bigger person and mend a broken relationship, even if we were not the ones who caused that problem. We may need to share the gospel with an unbelieving family member or friend, even though we may not want to. We know that we should. We should start tithing regularly. We may need to be content with the car, the house, or the job that we have instead of just going out and getting a new one. We may need to stop and help someone, even if that means missing out on our plans. We may need to be doing things that we don't necessarily want to do, but we know that we need to. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead us and we will know that we need to. There are times where God will lead us and let's remember that the greatest thing that we can do is to be obedient when his spirit leads us. Amen? Amen. And may we say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Well, I want to give you an example of Arabian horses that go through rigorous training in the desert. These Arabian horses in the Middle East go through a whole bunch of tests and a whole bunch of training in order for their trainers to know that they are obedient. They test them after to see if they have been completely trained. The trainers force the horses to go many days without water. They turn them loose all of a sudden after many days. And of course, the first thing and the first instinct that the horse does is to run toward where they know that the water is. And so after many days of these horses going without water, their cages are open and they're released to go. And as they're going toward the, this water that they're so thirsting for, that they know that they need in order to survive, all of a sudden the trainers will blow their whistle. The trainers will blow their whistle and what that means and what they have been trained to do is when they hear that whistle to turn around and to stop where they are and to come back. You see, the horses that have been trained completely and who are perfectly obedient will turn around even though the water is right there, even though what they need is right there and they will come back to the trainer. And standing there quivering, they'll wait until their trainer gives them the signal to go and to get the water. And you see, 
As Christians, God wants us to be perfectly obedient. Instead of just running after the things that we want to wait for his timing, to wait until he gives us the signal, to wait until he says that it's time to go. And sometimes we may want to do our own thing, but God tells us otherwise. And we may need to do the thing that we don't necessarily want to do, but we know that we need to. Whatever that may be for you, know that the perfect thing that we can do is be obedient to God when his Holy Spirit leads us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So there are times where we may need to do things that we may not want to do, and God will lead us. So Jonah decides that he was going to go his own way and he was going to go in the opposite direction, not doing what God wanted him to do, but going and doing his own thing. So from verse four, it says, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone back below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew what he was running away from because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that the great storm has come upon you, but instead the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. The sea grew wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. The raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. You see, in this moment, Jonah does what is disobedient. He disobeys God and he does his own thing. And because of that, there are repercussions. Because of his disobedience, things start to happen that shouldn't have happened. And the sea starts to grow wild and rage. And you see, because of his disobedience, other people were involved in it as well. And because of his disobedience, these other men who had nothing to do with him were suffering. And so that's a 
lesson in itself that sometimes our disobedience will affect those around us. And many times it does. So Jonah realizes that what he did is wrong and he tells them, throw me overboard. I know the solution. All you need to do is throw me overboard. I'm the one who is responsible for what's happening. I will take full responsibility. Of course, the men didn't want to do that for fear that God would punish them for taking this man's life. But they got to the point where they had no choice and finally they threw him overboard. Jonah told them, go ahead, throw me overboard. Why? Because he realized that he was responsible for what had happened. And I want to tell you today that sometimes we need to learn to realize and admit when we're the problem and make a change. We need to realize when we're the problem and admit it and make a change. Of course, human nature When something happens, what's human nature tells us to do? To point the finger, right? It's nothing new. It's nothing new from the very beginning we see with Adam and Eve. God places them in the garden and they disobey God and eat of the fruit. And when he comes and confronts them, what does Adam say? He says, the woman you placed here, she gave it to me to eat and so I ate it. (laughs) I had no choice. I ate it and that's why I'm in the situation I am. It's human nature. For Moses, when he was coming down with uh, the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai, he sees the people worshiping this golden calf, and he goes and he confronts Aaron, who he left in charge, and he asks Aaron, what is all of this? What's going on here? And Aaron said, the people forced me. They gave me all their jewelry. I just threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. I don't know how it happened, but out came this calf, blaming the people for what had happened. You know, it's, it's nothing new for us to blame people. It's a tendency when we get in trouble or when we're backed against the wall that we say, he made me do it or she made me do it or I had no choice or, you know, they forced me or, or they, you know, whatever it is. But there's many times where we need to realize and to admit when we're the problem, when we have messed up, to take responsibility for our actions and to make a change. In this, Jonah realized that he was the problem. Jonah realized that it was his mistake and so he admitted it and told them what to do in order to fix it. He told them to throw him overboard in order that the sea would calm down. And it's important that we to stop blaming other people. Stop blaming people for our problems. Stop blaming people for our issues and our situation and why we are the way that we are and to start taking responsibility and making a change for the many things in our lives. For example, you may wonder why you can't seem to keep a job. You may wonder why you can't keep a job and think that all your employees are, all your employers are out to get you, that your boss is just mean and miserable and, and you just, they're just always out to get you. But maybe the problem is that you always take more sick days than you should. Maybe the problem is that you always show up for work late and expect to leave early. Maybe the problem is that you're not putting in and and, uh, doing your eight hours or whatever amount of hours and producing the work that you should. Maybe the problem isn't your employer. Maybe it's time to make a change. Well, maybe you wonder why you never have enough money. 
why it just seems like the world is against you, that there's always this bill and always that, and you just don't have enough money. Well, I'm not saying that bills aren't a reality because they are, right? Uh, you know, we fear going to the mailbox because there's bills waiting for us. That's a reality. But maybe the problem is that you spend money on things that are not necessary instead of the things that are. Come on. Come on. You know, it's truth. It's truth. It's nice to have good things. It's nice to have nice things. But guess what? It's a problem when we just focus on the wants and not the needs. It's a problem when we decide that we're going to go buy that new purse and we didn't pay our rent yet. It's a problem when we decide we're going to go do our hair again when we don't have food in the cupboards for our family. This is an issue that we need to realize and make a change. And many times we are able to make it, but there are sacrifices that are involved as well. And we need to know that we're the issue and to make a change. Whatever situation we may find ourselves in, Maybe you wonder why your marriage or your family isn't as happy and there's always so many complaints why your spouse may be nagging you constantly. Maybe the issue isn't so much your spouse, but maybe you're not pulling the weight that you should at home. Maybe you're constantly out doing things with your friends or with other people when you should be helping, taking care of the children, doing things at home. Maybe that's the issue. All I'm saying is whatever you find yourself in, look and ask the Lord to help you to examine yourself. For us to examine ourselves and say, God, in this situation, I know what's happening, but help me to realize if I'm wrong, if I'm the one who is at fault, and help me to make a change. There's no shame in that. We're not perfect, and God wants to help us, but we need to realize, and we need to make the change. You know, one thing that I want to say is, oftentimes, I hear people say, well, you know, Satan's always tempting me and you know I'm tempted that's why I did it and you know the devil's out to get me or whatever it may be what I want to remind us is that yes we know that the devil's out there to get us that he is there prowling around like a roaring lion waiting to devour us the scripture tells us that he's waiting to tempt us and trip us out but one thing that as Christians and as people that we need to remember is the devil cannot make us do it he cannot make us do it. He can tempt us. He can put it in our way. He can try to lure us, but he cannot make us do it. And so we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility, and we need to realize when we're wrong and make a change. So Jonah realized that he was the one at fault. And of course, as scriptures say, that it's always easier for us to see the speck of dust in our brother's eye and not the plank in our own eye. But Jonah saw that he was the issue. And so he says, throw me overboard, realizing that he was at fault. But verse 17, the last verse in chapter 1, says, but the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and 
Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. You see, even though Jonah was at fault, even though God was upset that he had run away, God still provided. God was still so great that he provided this whale or fish or whatever you want to call it to swallow him and to keep him there. And you see, even though the sailors threw him over, even though they did what they didn't want to do, God provided. And I want to remind us today that we can trust the Lord because he has the details covered. Trust the Lord because he has the details covered. No matter what happens in life, no matter what we go through, we can trust God because he sees the bigger picture, because he sees everything and he knows what's happening. God is already at work in your life even if you don't see it. God is already working out the next issue even before it happens. God is already there even if we can't see him. God is a God who works behind the scenes and it is when the production happens that we see it played out. But he is working and he is preparing I don't know if you're like me, but many times I often have the tendency to be a little bit of a control freak, okay? So I like things done a certain way, and, and my, family would, my, my family would say I'm, I'm OCD, and, you know, I would never believe it until actually um, my sister-in-law-to-be helped me uh, uh, the week of revival, and, and, I, and I didn't realize that I was OCD until she took the file, and she just kind of put it on the cabinet, and I thought, you need to put it straight. <laughs> Why? And I actually went over and straightened it and put it a certain way, and I told her, it's okay, don't touch it, it's okay. <laughs> so I'm a little OCD in that sense. So anyways, I like things done a certain way, and so there are certain things that I'm okay with someone else doing if, you know, it, it's not directly concerning me, but there are certain things that I prefer to do myself, right? And I'm sure that you too, there are certain things you prefer to do yourself, right? And so, uh, you know, I, I have this tendency, if I wanna get it done, I know I need to do it and, and I'll do it myself and I don't need anyone else helping me in that sense. I think sometimes in that sense, we have a tendency with God to try to help him out. That we have a tendency to try to take control and help God out in the sense that I don't see anything is happening really in my life. So God, I'm going to just help you out because, you know, let's just get the ball rolling. Let's just start the process. And so God, I don't see you moving. So I'm going to help you out in that sense. And you see, many times things can turn out even worse if we don't wait upon his timing. Things can turn out worse if we go and we try to help him and we don't allow him to lead. We need to realize that God has the details covered and that we can trust him. When God told Abraham and his wife Sarah that in their old age they were going to have a child, guess what? He had the details covered. They didn't have to worry. He had the details covered. When God told the Israelites that the walls of Jericho would fall if they marched around it, God had the details covered. 
When God called Peter out on the water and when Jesus told him, come and walk with me on the water, he had the details covered. When more than 5,000 people needed to be fed and all there was was some bread and some fish, Jesus had the details covered that they did not need to worry, but all they needed to do was to trust him. When Jesus showed up, three days late and Lazarus had already been dead and they came and they said if only you had been here earlier guess what he had the details covered we serve a God who knows all a God who is always present a God whose power is unlimited and he has the details covered even when we don't understand he is working even when we don't know how he will come through even when we don't understand God will make a way the Bible tells us to trust him to trust him over and over again why because he is God and God alone because he is God and he is good at what he does because he is God and because we are not we can trust God and we can take him at his word knowing that if he says it will be it will be knowing that if it's he says that it will happen that it will happen. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 to 6 say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That is a life verse for us. A verse for us to remember time and time again that we can trust him. Time and time again that he has the details covered. That even when we don't understand, he understands. That even when we don't see, he sees that even when we're not strong enough to go on, that he will carry us through. God is a good God, and we can trust him. Are you trusting him today? Are you trusting him? As the song says, and I was thinking of it last night and playing it actually, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word. Isn't it beautiful when we can trust him, when we can take him at his word, that when we can trust, thus saith the Lord, that we can know that God is faithful, that he is not a man that he should lie, that when God says it's going to happen, that he is able to move mountains to make it happen, that he is able to part seas so that we can walk through, that we can trust him. This morning, you may need to be reminded of that. I know that I need to be reminded of that, that we can trust him, that we can take him at his word, that we can look to him and know that he will not leave us, but that he has the details covered. Do you believe that? Sometimes we may need to do the thing that we may not want to do, but we know that we should. We need to learn to realize and admit when we're the problem and make a change. And we need to trust the Lord because he has the details covered. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for who you are.
We give you praise and thanks because God, you are good all the time. And Lord, there are many times in our life where we don't understand why you may be leading us to do something. There may be times where we don't even want to do what it may feel that you're leading us to do. But we pray, God, that you would empower us through your Holy Spirit, that you would help us to play a part that you are already working in. We pray, God, that you would help us to examine ourselves on a regular basis, to see if there's anything in us that should be removed, to see, Lord, if we're at fault, that if the problem is us, and that, Lord, you would help us to change, that you would help us to be willing to change and want to change. And we pray that, Father, you would help us to let go of the control and to trust you, to let go of the things that we may want to take control of and to know that, God, you will work the situation out just as you have planned. And so, God, we trust you, we look to you, and we once again surrender ourselves anew and afresh to you and to your will. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.